0: Uh, let 's pray, Father, we thank you, we thank you, Lord, because you had the cross, you, Lord, you, what you did for us has the final word, Father, you said it is finished, and it truly is. We thank you, Lord, that you already know our end from the beginning. We thank you that you know where we are going and and what is ahead of us, and we just trust you with everything we have and trust you with everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord. We pray, Father, that this message that you have clearly given will speak to every heart here. I pray, Lord, that every ear will be open to hear what it is you're saying, Holy Spirit, and that we will grab a hold to the life that is in your word and really allow it to transform us. It is the, it is the word of God. It is your word, Lord, that can only transform and convert us into the people that you have meant us to become, So, I just pray, Lord, that you have your way and have your way in this word. In Jesus' name, amen. We're just going to go to John chapter 5, beginning at the 16th verse. This whole week, or not whole week, this whole year, we have been preaching on Jesus. There is never anyone better than to preach on And who Jesus is, we've talked about um, Jesus being a man coming here and showing us what it is to be human and how to make decisions and um, really to do what he has done. So we're going to look at even the way he lived his life, even his purpose and how he how he spoke of the agenda or the purpose that he was here for, and how we should do the same. John chapter 5, beginning at the 16th verse, and I'm just going to read. Uh, so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, now, Brahm preached a few weeks ago about, just quickly, um, about the man uh, at the pool of Bethesda, so that's where we... You know, we continue from there. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I, too, am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God Jesus gave them this answer very truly I tell you the son can do nothing by himself he can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does the son also does for the father loves the son and and shows him all he does yes and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me, has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. Do not be amazed at this for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned by myself. I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is true. So, I'll end there. That is the passage. Obviously, it was after the healing at Bethesda, the Pharisees had issues with Jesus. First of all, healing on the Sabbath, they had a problem with that. He was doing something that seemed to be breaking the law that Moses had put in place. And and the way they saw it, it was legalistic. But the way Jesus saw it, he was about loving people. They had an issue with that. However, they got even more angry and even more of a serious problem when they began to hear Jesus speaking about God in in the way that he related to him as his father because that made Jesus equal with his father. So the fact that he called God his father made it look like he was equal with God. But Jesus' response was very clear, and he he was very strong in it. He knew who he was. The reason he was so confident is because he followed everything his father did. So he could confidently and boldly say what he said. I come to do the will of my father. Me and my father are one. When you read the Gospels, you'll read how Jesus related to his father. And he was bold about it. But the reason he could be is because he knew everything that he was instructed and everything that he did was not out of his own authority. But it was out of the authority of his father. So, the name of my message today, or the title of the message, just to give everyone a bit of uh, context and what we're going to talk about, is Are You a Follower? So, it's in the form of a question Are you a follower? The problem that we see in today and and the society that we lived in has really been deceived and really lives somewhat backwards <clears throat> because following is not anything that is actually admired when you ask someone <clears throat> or if you even if you make a statement you know are you a follower you know you don't think for yourself you don't you don't you're not independent you're not someone who actually steps into leadership why are you a follower but that's the problem the problem is we see following as a sign of being weak as a sign of we don't have our own mind we we don't think independently whereas when we see what it means to be a leader we see it as a sign of strength so we see one we see someone who's leading and we think oh they They have it together, and they're strong. And, you know, there's someone that I could look up to because I want to be a leader, and I am a leader. And society has made us focus on the very thing that should actually come natural. But it comes out of following. The problem is, instead of running after what it means to actually sit under someone and learn, and instead of running after what it means to be a student, We all run after what it means to, you know, I want to be the teacher or I want to be the master. I want to be the person that someone looks to because I have it all together. And we've actually been conditioned to go after the very thing that should be, be, be natural instead of actually being willing to follow. Jesus's life And his ministry, it actually never focused on him in his own authority. He never focused on what he came to do and how it looked for him as far as working out of his own authority. Everything Jesus did, as I said, he saw his father do. He didn't do anything out of his own will. He didn't do anything out of his own vision. Everything he did, every single thing Jesus did, he did out of the will of the Father. So he followed his Father. It's not common. It's not something that we really want to do because we all have this, I don't know, it's this capability or this yearning to want to lead. We all have that. But it's very hard to really get us to get into a place where all we should be really be focusing on is following. Yeah, it's it's amazing the way we are actually conditioned to think. We even look at all of these motivational speakers in the world and they're all geared to make you stand up and really take, you know, ownership from the, from the standpoint of you should be a leader. Don't let anyone tell you you're not and go out there and do it the way you see it. Or go out there and do it the way you feel it. Because our, our yearning for leadership is actually based on how we feel and based on, you know, what we deserve. I've arrived now, I've lived long enough, I'm old enough, I have enough degrees, I've accomplished enough, I've done enough. I should be the one standing in front of someone telling them what they should do. And if I'm not there yet, it's not because of anybody else. I just need to make it, I need to make it happen. People need to see me because I'm a leader. But how often do you hear people saying, you know what? I've done this, but there's so much more to learn. There's so much more to actually sit and actually take in. Even when Paul was writing the epistles, I forget which epistle it was, but when Paul said, if you think you know anything, you know nothing. Because the moment you think you arrive, that is when the enemy can sift you. And that is when he can ultimately deceive you because you think you have it all together. So who's actually making it about not themselves, but about what God wants to do when it comes to, okay, I've come this far. But now since I've come this far. I realize, oh, my gosh, there's so much more to actually learn. I need to find someone who can teach me. How do I continue to follow? Two things. It's two things that Jesus did. It's very simple. He followed his father's instruction, and he followed what his father did. You often hear him saying in the Gospels, I'm only doing what I've seen my father do. I'm only working the works that I've actually seen my father do. Even in that passage, he says, the father gives life, so now I'm able to do it. The father raises people from the dead. I'm able to do it. Jesus never goes beyond what his father has actually done. Because the student can never be greater than the master. It's impossible. I almost feel like Michael Curry a little bit with this. Man. Two things. When you are a follower, you never make it about you. It's never about you. However, when you are really, really busy at trying to be the leader that you think you should be. You can easily make it all about you. There's a scripture, John 13, John chapter 13, 6 through 9, and then verse 12, and then verse 14 through 17. I want to read it. I never saw this, never saw it this way, but it's interesting what Jesus does is, Obviously, right before he is going to the cross, John chapter 13, and it's verse six through nine, and then verses verse twelve, and then verse fourteen through seventeen. Again, you can read the whole thing on your own time, but I just want to hit these scriptures. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you are going to wash my feet. Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. It's so funny how we have to, it's almost like we have to understand everything before we're willing to submit and be obedient. Like, where where did that concept come from? Because it didn't come from the word of God. Jesus tells Peter, you don't understand right now. And you don't see in the scripture that Jesus is actually going to give him a quick lesson. Okay, Peter, this is why I'm doing this. I'm doing it because you have to do this with the people that you know you're going to lead so let me just give you a five point you know explanation and then once you're settled with that then will it be okay if i wash your feet no jesus said you don't understand what i'm going to do right now but in time you will however i need to do it but what does peter do he says no It's like he stands up and says, okay, I got all the disciples in front of me. I got everyone that's with me. I'm going to be the person that just stands up for what is right. I'm going to say, no, Jesus, you can't wash my feet. They're all thinking it, but I'm going to be the one to say it because I'm the leader. I am a leader. I know I'm a leader. I know I'm being raised as a leader. And right now, this is the moment for me to tell my master, you can't wash my feet. I really do, <laughs> but it makes you think. It's like Jesus. This, this. You've been following him three and a half years. He's washing your feet. Would you have any, just maybe, just common sense to say, you know what? Let me just wait and let him finish because he's obviously doing this for a reason. But Peter doesn't do that. He's the bold man that he is. He says no. You're not going to wash my feet. What is Jesus' response? Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. So then Simon Peter, he comes to his senses and he says, well, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Do it all. But this is what Peter would have gotten if he would have just sat there and waited and as in the next part, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And then he said, do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. And then when you skip to the um, this part, I think it's the 15th verse. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, because Jesus says you call me Lord and teacher, rightfully so I am. If you do them, why does Jesus do this? He's doing it because he's trying to be the example. Jesus has nothing to prove. He knows he is the Lord. He knows he is the teacher. He knows he is the master, but he is actually following the will of his father. Because I can't expect you to do anything if I'm not willing to humble myself and be the example. So will you follow Because I'm following my father. I don't have to do this for me. Jesus didn't have to do this to prove that he is Christ. He was born king. But he had to do it so they would be the disciples because he had to show what it looked like to be the example. I've washed your feet. You have no reason not to wash someone else's feet. When you are a follower, you never make it about you. Jesus, even in that passage, he never made it about him. He actually made it about what it meant to lay your life down for people. The second thing is that when you are craving when, when, when you look to want to be the leader or a leader, this is what can happen. The praise of people or even the crave for the praise of people will often take, watch what I'm going to say, will often take those who crave leadership out of the will of God. If you look at John chapter 6, verses 14 through 15, this is what it says. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they begin to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. That's incredible. Was it the purpose for Jesus to be made king? Yes. But Jesus recognized the intent that was in every person's heart. And what they were trying to do might have been something that was admirable, but they were trying to do it by force. They were trying to do it out of their flesh, out of their will, because what they saw was a sign that was performed by Christ. They were all moved by it. They said, oh, this has to be the prophet. We have to make him king. But Jesus said, no, no, I I am king. And yes, I am meant to be king, but not this way. This is not the way I'm meant to be, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to do it out of your will. I'm here to do the will of my Father. And the will for me to be crowned king is that I have to go through the cross. See, if you think about it, even in the beginning of this year, when Brown preached the incarnate word takes seriously the written word, even the enemy, even the devil, took him to the highest heights and said, if you bow to me, I'll give you all of this. Now, was he giving the will of God to him? Yes, but he was giving it out of a a place which would have been out of force, which would have been attractive to the flesh, but it was not according to the will of God. It was not according to the will of the Father. Jesus followed his Father's will all the way to the cross. And the exalting or him being exalted by the father with a name that was above all names. Jesus knew he was the Messiah. He knew he was the leader. He knew he was Lord of all. He knew he had life. He spoke it. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He knew all of this. But he did not focus on teaching his disciples how to be leaders. He taught them how to be disciples. He taught them how to be followers. We don't see in the Scripture, it doesn't read how we're meant to be leaders of Christ. The Bible says, and Scripture teaches us how we're meant to be followers of Christ. It should never be a point where we feel like we've arrived and we've made it. Because whose will or whose word or who are we actually standing on? It can never be our own. If Jesus didn't, then how can we? How is it even possible? For Jesus to say, unless you exceed the Pharisees and the righteousness of the Pharisees, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. If he said that and he's the only one that could do it and yet his example was I don't do anything out of my own will. I do everything that I see my father do. Then how can we even have the mindset of if I get there one day, I'll be a leader. No, just 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 focus on following. Focus on following. It is in our following that we go into leading. It's never forced. We don't actually have to force it. We don't have to publish our name. We don't have to get our PR out there. We don't have to be our own PR and say, look, this is what I can do. Even in the ministry, you know, it's, it's people that go around saying, I'm apostle such and such. I'm, I'm, I'm prophetess or I'm prophet such. Look, I, I, it is. I come from America. I see it all the time. I'm this person, I'm that person. Even when you look on Facebook, you know, Bishop this, and I'm Apostle this. Like, why are we putting that on Facebook? Why am I seeing your title on Facebook? I don't even want to friend you now. I don't. I, no, I really don't. And, and if I've already befriended you and you change your title to I'm uh, Mr. Apostle or Mr. Apostle, like, well, okay, bye. Because why are we doing that? I don't. Uh, I don't. It's amazing to me. We are really so focused on putting who we are out there that we miss missed the whole point of what it means to actually follow. We can do nothing out of our own will. Who told us that we have because we're gifted, which uh, it all comes from God, because we're smart, which all comes from God, because we're talented, which again comes from God, now we feel like, oh, I'm, I'm all of these things. Someone should pay attention to me. But what did Jesus do? He healed. He raised the dead. He walked on water. I don't think any of us have done that. I, I don't think so. Maybe If you have, then, then I'll, we'll talk later. But I don't think any of us have done that. And yet, Jesus never glorifies that. His glory is always given to the Father. We don't have to force it. Because the exalting comes from God. It's always one thing you, c- you, 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 you know someone who is following. It's always one thing they do. One thing. It's it's not a ten point thing. It's just one. A follower always submits. You submit with your hearing. So if someone who is in leadership of and I and I now now it's getting practical to the point that when someone not just not not just being you know spiritually super deep. Oh yeah, I'm following Christ. No, what about the people that are over you? What about your boss at work? What about even in ministry our senior leaders? What about that? Let's get practical. You submit with your hearing. If if you've been told something, you submit to it. You submit with your words. You submit with your actions. You submit with your vision. You might have a vision that God has given you when it comes to your life. But you don't follow your vision. You follow the vision that is in front of you. Because your vision will come out of that vision in the time frame that God has purposed for it to come out. Leadership and stepping into leadership should always be organic. When you follow sincerely in time... The exalting happens. You don't have to ask for it. It just happens. Even when you look at the disciples, you see the disciples become the apostles, really, and you see them walk this out in the book of Acts. You see how that starts to take place. But. And the Gospels is when we are actually seeing the development of who these apostles are as disciples. Jesus is making them disciples. He doesn't start talking to them and saying, you know what, you're an apostle, just go do it. No, he's actually teaching them how to follow him as he follows his father. He's making them disciples. The anointing of apostleship, as you see, even in. The apostles and acts and how they carry out what they saw Jesus do, because they had to see it done. But the anointing of the apostleship is actually because it's put in them because it's an office that they walk in. Remember, Jesus gave gifts, apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and. Prophets. I almost forgot that. Prophets. Apostles, well, in order. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Yes. Yeah. But Jesus gave the gifts. But it's the gifts, it's walking in that office. But the thing about it is, you see them walking in the office of the apostleship, but the discipleship and who they are is actually built in their character. That's what Jesus focuses on for the three and a half years that he's leading them. Because it's not about you being an apostle. It's about you making disciples. You can't make disciples unless you know how to be one. You can't make followers of Christ unless you know how to be a follower of Christ. Even when Paul said... Follow me. Don't just follow me because I'm a leader. No, that's not what you focus on. Don't follow me because I'm an apostle. Don't follow me because I can prophesy. Don't follow me because I'm a good teacher or a good writer. Follow me because I follow Christ. The moment I stop following Christ, you are not obligated to follow me any longer. Jesus, even when he spoke, he said, I mean, not Jesus, when Paul spoke, he said, if any other person comes and preaches a different gospel than what has been preached let them be made a curse even if the angels come and say something different than what has already been said the foundation is that Jesus Christ has been crucified buried and raised again that is what that is the that is the whole gospel so you follow me as I follow Christ Don't follow me because of gifts. Follow me because I'm a disciple. Because that's how you make disciples. Your leadership can never be authentic if you do not have a desire to follow. There's no authenticity in your leadership. You can promote yourself all you want, but y- there's no power. There's no, it's not legit. It's, it's, it won't change anyone because your desire is actually not to be obedient and submit and follow. Your desire is actually to be seen and be praised and be looked at because you think you've arrived. So the result is this, following, guess what it does? This is exciting. This is is great. You're going to love it. Following always brings you to the cross. Following Christ will always bring you to the cross. Because Jesus had to come through the cross. And he said, pick up, if you want to follow me, if you want to do what I'm doing, you have to pick up your cross and die daily. True leading, real leadership, authentic leadership is always exalted by God. It's always exalted by him because the father gave Jesus a name that is greater than any other name. But he did that when you read in Philippians that Jesus became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Then it is after that, God says, I have given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, things in earth, things things in heaven, in earth, and under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The exalting comes from God the Father. Let's not show the world how to be leaders, guys. And, and and that's the problem. The church is so busy trying to show the world this is how you lead, and they can see right through it. Why why would they want to be a part of it? it's it's not real there's no there's no substance there's no substance because everybody wants to be seen i have a voice i have a right i have an entitlement i've done this long enough look at all the degrees on my wall I, i can teach you something and by the way i'm a christian let's show the world how to be followers Because that is the complete antithesis of what the world actually goes for. The moment they continue to see a consistency of what it looks like to humble yourself, what it looks like to submit, what it looks like when someone finds out, oh, you had that degree? Oh, you've done this? Oh, I never knew. Yeah, why would I ever tell you? Well, why wouldn't you? But why would I? I should really be telling you about Christ and him crucified, because that's what's really changed my life. Oh, if you just learn how to do that, then the world catches it. It's like, wait, you got something that I don't have. You have degrees, and yet that's not what you promote. That's not what you raise up. That is not what you actually publish. You would rather tell me about someone who gave his life? Oh, my, how do you do that? Because you are teaching people what it looks like to follow. And as you do that, it is God that puts you in a position and puts you in a place where you can be exalted because he already knows you're going to teach people how to follow. So let's not show the world how to be leaders. You don't have to focus on that. Let's just show them how to be followers. I'll get the musos to come back up. I want to be a little transparent with you. And, and I will be, I, I think I will be able to do this without shedding any tears. But look, I you know, just quickly. I've had a few accomplishments, you know. I come from a pretty big, renowned family. And they're pretty famous for what they've done. And I, I really don't even feel comfortable telling you what I've done because it's so it's not about that. So I'll keep it general. But the whole point I'm I'm making is, is I really learned how. I've learned how to follow Christ. A lot of things in my life have gone in a direction that I did not expect. Obviously, being here with you beautiful people, but this was not on my agenda. Everything in my life was really planned. It was, it was laid out, and and it would have been here. It was here from what you could see with the natural eye. It was here. Everything was set. You know, I went to one of the top schools and I sung and I traveled the world and nominated for this and that. And if it was up to me, it w- would have been like, okay, I'll just keep going in this direction because obviously this is what. I've earned or even inherited. I'm gifted. I can do it. But my heart wanted Jesus. So then I go from this cloud or what is in front of me that naturally is like, yeah, go for it. It's huge. Even in ministry, it's huge. You know, God has called you to minister and you can go in that direction and you'll be great. Or you can go in this direction. And maybe from the outside looking in, it may not look the same. It may not look... As beautiful or as pretty or as made up or just, you know, all of the, all of the decorations and, you know, what people look at, but you'll have a character. You'll have a relationship with God that you might not be able to have personally on this side. I'm not saying you won't know Christ. But what I'm saying is the power that comes with following Jesus, you'll really recognize it if you just go in the direction that the Holy Spirit is leading you in. There's death involved. There's death of what you think should be happening. There's death of your entitlements. There's death of all of the things that you think you deserve. And there is complete humility and submission. But that's where the power is. The power is when you can look at your situation and say, you know what, I know God is going to do it because I don't have anyone else to rely on, but God has put me here. And if he did it all the way to this point, he's going to continue. I see when Paul talks about you go from faith to faith, you go from glory to glory. People don't have to recognize you, but that's fine because you are recognized by Jesus and you understand what it means. God, if this is what it feels like to keep following you, knowing that you can't fail me, then I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm just going to keep doing it. So, you know what? I don't even want leadership. I just want to follow Christ. Now, if he wants to exalt me, then so be it. But I've come to the place where I just want to follow God. I look at my senior pastors, and I'm like, man, I see it. I see character. I see the ability to stand in a storm and say, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is who we stand. He is our rock. I see it. I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it. And it is the most powerful thing you can ever see. It is the most powerful thing you can ever experience. When someone is being ridiculed, when someone is being scoffed at and laughed at, and yet you stand there and you don't say anything because you let Jesus have the final word, How many of us will will, will fight for ourselves? I would. But now I've come to the place where actually I I wouldn't. Because it's greater. It's greater. The cross has the final word. That's it. But those aren't just words to me now. I, I understand that. I've seen it with my eyes and I've experienced it even personally. I get it. The cross will speak, and I can love people the way Jesus loved people. Jesus stood in the face of the people that even his disciples left him, and yet he said not one word. That's not just something we read in the Bible and close the book and say, okay, the fairy tale's over, kids. It's time to go to bed. No, that's not it. That is real life, because if we follow Jesus, we'll experience that. But it's okay. Because the hope is if Jesus died and he was raised again, so we will be because we are hidden in Christ. If I follow him, I'll be exalted by the father. I don't have to worry about that part. But give me my cross. So does it hurt? Yes. It's probably the greatest pain you can ever experience. Thank you. Thank you for your character. Thank you for being people that submit to God and that stand on the word of God. No matter who or no matter what has happened, you've allowed me to see what it looks like. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate I can follow you because I know you follow Christ. Be followers, guys. Really bring us back to that place where we are fully following you in every area of our lives and our hearts, Lord. I pray, Father, that the cross will have the final word in every area of our hearts lord teach us how to not defend ourselves but allow you to do it give us the spirit of humility the mind of christ father that those who are around us father will really want to come to you because they see jesus Thank you, Lord, that we now have the privilege to show what it really means to love one another. And love is selfless. Love is not sh- uh, selfish. You wash the disciples' feet so that they can do it with one another. Thank you for being the example. And Lord, we want to now be the example to the world so that they will know you have been sent. And Lord, I pray your benediction as well, Father, that you will touch every person here, that your grace will rest of every person here, and that whatever you are speaking to us individually in this word you've given us will resonate with us, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.